Hello, mamas. We are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here. From peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. Please note that the information we provide on this show is intended to educate and inform, but is not meant to substitute any advice from your physician or medical provider. Hello, and welcome to the Unstressed Mama podcast. We are here for the third time with Dawn Haywood, and we are discussing the second chakra. This one is called the sacral chakra. So Dawn is going to take us through what this is where it's located, um, what element it is associated with. And I don't know if this one has a color. I know the last one had a color. And just tell us how this works, what happens if it isn't working correctly and things that we can do to keep it functioning as it should and keep our stress levels lowered. All right, and I'm gonna turn it over to you, Dawn, to start us off. Great. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, Kelsey and Melissa. It's great to be here again. So there is, yeah, it's the sacral chakra and the sacral chakra is located about two finger widths below your belly button. So it's really another part of that um, belly region, the pelvic region, the uh, root chakra that we talked about last time and the sacral chakra really work together although the sacral chakra is a little bit higher and is usually associated with fear. It, if you're fearful, if, it's, if, you're, if this chakra is unbalanced, you may uh, feel like your creativity is blocked. You may have um, blockage in any um, feelings of sensuality. It is the, um, I, I'm going to go out on the limb here a little, and, and it is the sex chakra. Uh, so opening that chakra uh, can allow that sensuality and just the, the love and openness to begin to flow better. The color is orange, and it is, uh, the element is water. So really the key, it's, it's another of the grounding chakras. So if you are feeling out of sorts, like you, you, like I said earlier, your creativity is being blocked. You're um, just feeling just off, really bringing the attention to that area. We, last time we did a, a grounding meditation, you could even just imagine having a light that is located two inches below your belly button. And as you breathe in, imagine that light growing bigger and brighter and warmer. And then as you exhale, imagine that light growing smaller, beginning to move out into the legs, the arms, the fingertips, and just continue to imagine the light growing bigger when you inhale and then when you exhale, making the, the light get, grow smaller. And that will help you feel more connected with that chakra. 
As far as being unstressed, we talked a lot about the breath and connecting, reconnecting to the breath. So when you reconnect to the breath and reconnect to that, the belly area, you allow yourself the opportunity to reset and start that re, uh, re start, re, okay, I can't find the word, um, <laughs> starting to, um, to you're, you're retraining the neural pathways and reach and training your mind to focus on the positives and by doing that, you, you get a little stressed. And then when you open, you can also do some yoga poses where you lie on your back and you bring your feet together. It's the recline butterfly pose. If anybody's familiar, if you're familiar with, with that pose, you bring your, if you're sitting up, you bring your feet together and open your, your knees out. And if you lean back either onto a cushion or you can come all the way down onto the floor and just sit in that pose and breathe, you allow yourself, your body, the opportunity to really open up in the hip area. So hip openers are great um, for um, opening up the, any blockages in the, in the sacral chakra. So obviously I'm going to have to hop in and ask a question about this because every time you're talking about, or as you're describing, you know, where this is located and what it kind of is tied to and all that kind of stuff. I'm, my mind's just going straight to women who are pregnant or postpartum and thinking about the kind of trauma that we get in our pelvic region as we go through like labor and delivery and all that kind of, regardless of your labor and delivery, if it's C-section or not, um, there's, there's trauma that goes on in the pelvic region because delivery is, I don't want to say violent, but it kind of is like, if you talk, if you think about everything your body goes through to deliver a baby, like it's pretty aggressive. And so I'm just thinking when you're talking about where it's located and how it's tied to so many other things, you think about postpartum women, we don't feel like we have good stability in the pelvic region. We don't feel like we have good um, control on anything in the pelvic region. And then when you brought up that it's linked to, um, sex. I mean, that is definitely something that I know a lot of women struggle with postpartum because you've got so much other stuff going on that that's like, and I don't know if that's connected to this at all. And I'm sure it is. So we're talking about it. Right. But it's not something that I would have tied to that in the past. I mean, these episodes are just like light bulb moments for me the whole time. So everybody's probably like, obviously this is what it is, but, um, yeah. Anyways, do you want to expand on any of that? Sure. Yeah. I, I'm not, an expert trained in, in um, prenatal, postnatal yoga per, per se, I can, um, what I can speak to is just, I guess for a better, lack of a better word, well, the anatomy, the geography and anatomy um, of, of that pelvic region. And I know last episode, and I know Kelsey, this is something you talk a lot about is the fact that we spend a lot of time clenching in the pelvic region. And I love when we talk about the pelvic region and, and, the, and the, um, the yoga anatomy and poses that we can do to open that region because it is so underserved. So there's a combination actually with, 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 post, with postpartum, there's certainly the developing of the strength of the pelvic region. And, but it's interesting because there are some yoga poses that I would consider being 
hip opening. So the, a pose called the garland where it's a squat, it's a yoga, it's called also called the yogic squat. You can totally do it sitting, do this pose sitting in a chair. And basically you just open your legs um, into a V and you bring your elbows just inside your, your, um, your thigh region. And not, you're also, you're, you're not only opening the hips with the motion of pressing your legs outward, you also have the opportunity to move into the pelvic floor and encourage your muscles to, you can engage your muscles in that pose. So it can be both a strengthening, uh, a pelvic floor strengthening exercise, as well as if you relax the pelvic region and opening. So you can use it both to strengthen the root chakra and you can use it to open the sacral chakra, just depending on how you use your muscles. Well, and I like that because a lot of people think all pelvic floor stuff just needs to be strengthened, strengthened, strengthened all the time. And I think it's with the people that I work with and um, I've talked to other postpartum um, postnatal professionals, it's about 50, 50 with like either weakness or overactive pelvic floor. And so having it's, it's more of a balance and a control issue, not necessarily like a weakness versus strength issue. And I liked when you were kind of initially describing the sacral chakra, you were talking about some neural, neural programming and neural rewiring stuff with this too, because that's like, if you, if you think of postpartum recovery, a lot of it is like neural, we just got to, we got to dial things back in. Cause you've gone through a nine month process of change and you don't just snap back from that overnight. You have to go through another process of change to kind of reacquaint yourself with your body and reacquaint your body with the situation that you're in now, because it goes from being pregnant one second to not the next second. And it's kind of, you know, it's a wild ride to go through. Right. Exactly. And, and a yoga, a yoga journey is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I, you know, I, one thing I really don't like in, in the fitness world, and I think we've talked about this before is the offering of a quick fix. If you run two hours a a week over a month, you can learn lose five pounds in a month. Well, that doesn't take into account a lot of other things. The same thing is true with yoga in that, you, you can use yoga as a tool to get fit or lose weight, but that's not really what the purpose of the yoga is, of yoga is. It's really a, a lifestyle. It's a way of looking at life in a different way. So building on the neuro-linguistic reprogramming, it's really taking a step back looking at what's important to you. What are your, what are your morals? Um, what are your intentions? And then building both the, 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 your breathing, bringing in your breathing, mindful breathing, um, and focusing the mind and the physical practice all together gives you the tools to enhance your quality of life, which ultimately can lead to the ability to better manage your stress, the more often you practice. So I find, and I don't, I know I'm not the only person who has experienced this because I've talked to other people. I find when I am going through a stressful situation or a stressful life event or whatever, 
and I go and work out and my workout has something like jump ropes or like hopovers or something that normally I can do fine. If I'm experiencing stress, my pelvic floor is not as well equipped to handle that exercise and I have to modify. Um, is that something that you would, if you were dealing with someone who kind of had that scenario on a somewhat regular basis in relationship to stress, would you recommend something like these hip openers to kind of open that sacral chakra to kind of help with that? Absolutely. Yes. And also taking the time to connect to the breath and really using the breath to in invite those muscles to release because the breath allows it, it, it moves the energy in your body. It moves oxygen and it moves blood but there's also a piece of energy that is moving through the body with each inhale and exhale. And when you start to connect to those sensations that the breath is creating in the body, it, it, it programs your mind to make that connection, to give itself permission to feel into that, that sensation and to become comfortable with those sensations, what positive or negative, either one, um, and to really sit in any discomfort and learn to be able to approach the it'll, it's, it's got a mind benefit too. So you're, you're not only using the breath to encourage the muscles to relax, but you're also, um, in stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the counteractor to the parasympathetic, to the sympathetic nervous system, which is on, on, on all the time. So it's, it's a, it becomes a whole body um, tool to, for recovery and, and um, stress relief. I'm going to try that next time. I kind of incorporate some hip openers into my warm up when I know that I'm stressed and see how that goes. Cause it is, it's very consistent. It's very consistent when I have that issue. And if I'll, if I'm doing a workout and I get frustrated because I know that my pelvic floor is able, I've taken the time to kind of rehab that situation after three, three kids, my youngest is now over two. So I've taken the time. I put in a lot of work. Um, and so when I get into a workout and I have like 12 million other things going on and I just want to have a good workout and then I can only do like, you know, 10 to 15 hopovers before I'm having to stop and take a couple deep breaths and start over again. Like that's a very frustrating thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to incorporate. Some yeah. And one, um, one other thing I'll mention is one of the nice, um, another set of exercises that are good to get into the sacral chakra are twists. So you could even do a dragonfly. So that open, um, open arm lunge, um, where you've got the one, one leg forward, hand down on the ground and reaching the other one up. Um, that's also a really good one. You're getting into the twist, activating that sacral chakra and also stretching those outer hips um, and releasing it. And again, connecting to the breath. Another thing you can do is even take a few moments um, after your warm up to just stand still for a few moments and connect to the breath and maybe have an set an intention for yourself, which is really just something as simple as I'm going to stay present in my 
in my workout today and really be mindful of my mind body connection or something like that. It's a little, that was a little woo woo, but um, it could even be, you know, even if you're out walking, it could be, I'm going to walk around and notice the color of the, the grass today or the color of the sky. So those are other ways that you can uh, make that connection, uh, that mind body connection to what's going on around you and reduce stress ultimately. I'm okay with woo-woo. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I didn't, years ago, I didn't used to be, but ever since I really started trying to practice meditation and I've done yoga more, it there's really something to it. And when you look and see that it's been used over centuries, um, obviously, if there wasn't something to these things, people would have stopped doing them a long time ago. Yeah, and you know, Allison, you raise a good point. Um, you, we talked, I briefly mentioned the beginning fear and how fear can cause the sacral chakra to begin to become unbalanced. And I think it's important to understand, or at least, you know, at least be aware that there's a lot of fear in our society and, and sometimes stress can be caused by fear. And by practicing mindful breathing or just even slowing down, you might start to, to realize that or make that connection that there's some kind of fear that you didn't realize. Maybe it was an un, not an unintentional fear, but an unrealized fear that had been, that's been suppressed because when you're working with the hip region and the glutes, sometimes, and, and if you're holding the poses for a long time, you may start to not only feel intense sensations, but you may also start to realize um, learned behaviors. So if you were in a situation where you um, might have been in a situation where you were afraid to go home or you maybe you were bullied or in, in that kind of a situation, you might realize when you start opening your body that over your course of your lifetime, your coping me mechanism when you're, when you're scared, it doesn't matter what caused it, but just in general, is you hunch in. So as you start practicing that mind-body connection, you really enhance your ability to notice these kinds of subtle things in your body. Um, something that you said about being stressed about going to school made me wonder if this um, going to school for me when I was in high school, middle school was very stressful. And um, it made me wonder if this chakra would cause really bad menstrual cramps because I had those to the degree where I almost was physically ill when I had it because they hurt so bad. Yeah, I, I think you, I mean, I don't know scientifically that that would be um, the case, but it would certainly would make sense because that is that region. Um, and it, and this chakra does control the sensuality and, and sexual um, feelings. So it, it because, and, and it may very well be that those muscles were so tight and so contracted 
that it enhanced the the effects of of the um, the cycle. Yeah, so that is that is a, could could be a, another adverse effect of that chakra being blocked. Again, nothing I'm saying is foolproof. There's you know there's other factors that may be taken into consideration, um, and always if you have severe cramps, please talk to your doctor, um, you know, and, and, and um, do what you need to to on that side. But physical activity, certainly working with opening the, the pelvic region can help lessen the, the adverse effects of, of PMS. Right. And anything suggested here, like you said, doesn't take the place of a doctor, but trying to do some hip opening exercises or even meditating and doing what you suggested at first, picturing a light, that's not going to hurt anything to try that. And it could help. Absolutely. And, and the other, the other thing to keep in mind is you have control of your experience. If at any point you become unsafe, you know, the, the, one of the, the techniques I use in my classes, I offer everything I say as an offering and students can take what they need and, and leave the rest. And I do in, invite students who, through the course of the practice, if there's something that doesn't feel right in your body, or if you become overwhelmed by doing one of the poses or even breathing, just change it up. Either change your pose or open your eyes. Do what you need to to feel safe. This, um, you know, yoga can be very intimidating. You know, especially with the Instagram, and I think I've talked about this on on the Unstressed Mama before. Is you have this visual of people doing wild poses and that's not, that's not, I mean, it is, it's an element of yoga, but my philosophy is yoga is available to everybody. And you, if my, I want to make the experience as safe as I possibly can for, for people. Um, obviously I'm not going to be the right teacher for everybody, but my goal is, and my philosophy is to, to make um, as yoga, yoga accessible to as many people as possible. I, I like the connection between fear at the sacral, um, this, and this sounds weird to say that in that way, but if you're someone who's trying to work on like being more confident, self-assured with yourself, this seems like a good place to start of like bringing that confidence in, um, I think too, I'm, I am a part of, I'm Christian. We've talked about that, this on here before, right? And talking about sexuality is not a thing that has been part of my life until I got married and that's okay. I mean, it's okay in a sense, right? But I think a lot of girls that kind of grow up in that kind of situation may struggle with that. And that makes sense with fear. I'm sorry, with fear being tied to that area too, because if you, if you haven't been taught to talk about that or be okay with that, that can be a challenge as well. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and all it's all of that area. So you've got your root chakra, your sacral chakra, and then the, um, the, the navel chakra, the belly chakra, which we'll talk about in the next episode. And we can continue the discussion because it, it all ties together, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Kelsey, um, your culture is, is very conservative with respect to being talking about sexuality and even just practical in practical terms. I'm not even going to the extreme, just 
how does it, how do, how does the whole process work? Or even just feeling comfortable in one's own skin. There's certain cultural um, messages that, that we've been taught over the years um, with respect to what's right or what's wrong. And, and all of that does build up. And that, that's part of what I was referring to when I was talking earlier about the programming, the neuralistic programming, neuro-linguistic programming um, that, that we've absorbed. Um, our bodies are like sponges. They absorb everything over time and as we age we start to feel things in different spaces and a lot of that is tied down ties ties back to how we processed the information that we learned over our lifetime so um the body will store its reaction in different ways depending on the messages that that were received and a lot of that that sexual energy the the pregnancy the recovery you know all all of that generally is stored in in the pelvic region it could be stored for people up up in the shoulders too it you know everybody is different but but that area is definitely um very common for for tension to be a lot of tension to be stored in the hips especially now because we're all sitting so much we're not as active as we used to be interesting um and the the sitting i think has affected people so much in so many ways that they don't even think about um, it's kind of amazing. I try, I try to stand up throughout the day, but I've, I'm in my third year of this because I started working from home when I started my business. So, um, everything everybody experienced in COVID was old news to me. I had already gained my COVID weight and long before COVID started, it was my, my work from home weight <laughs> and dealt with the readjustment and and all of that and tried to work during the summer with my child home. Um, and I definitely went through some very um, hard adjustments. This information would have been wonderful for me to have at that time about relaxing and, um, and adjusting and simple techniques to do that. Um, so I'm kind of interested so the root chakra had red associated with it. This one has orange associated with it. What exactly does that mean when there's a color associated with it? Okay, I'm gonna fly off the cuff here a little bit because it's not my one of my areas of, of expertise, but um, I'm gonna say it may be related to the sun, although the sun's usually yellow. So I'll be honest, I'm not really quite sure um, the exact origins of the, the color scheme off the top of my head. So unfortunately, I don't have the answer for that. Well, it looks like I've got something to research then and write about in the group when, yes. <laughs> when we publish this, because I was curious about that last time too. And I didn't, it was one of those things that crossed my mind and I thought, oh, I need to ask that. And then I never did. Yeah. And I really, 
we'll make sure I have that prepared for, for next time as well. Cause that is important. There is, there is symbolism. Unfortunately, I'm just not as well versed in the, in the traditions of the chakras um, as, uh, as others can be. So that I hope that's a good learning opportunity for me as well. I really like when we have these discussions about the the chakras and like I said, it's only our second, but I like the, that the ways to help improve them are simple and they're easy and they're breath related. And they're like you were saying, Allison, they're definitely not going to hurt. So if you're experiencing something that you think may be tied to what, like a, a blocked chakra or anything like that, like you can try it. And if it doesn't work, Hey, you know what? You didn't put yourself in a situation that was going to make anything worse. And then you still have your other options of what you want to go through. So if you are having issues like the menstrual cramp issues, laying down in a position that's comfortable and opens up your hips is definitely not going to make your period any worse. Um, it may not solve all your problems, but it's not going to make anything worse. And so I like, I like this, that the solutions are doable at home, that they really are only going to have positive outcomes if you try them, whether or not it solves your problem that you're seeking help for. And that they're, they're really just good things that we should be doing anyways. I mean, like you're saying, we all sit a lot, right? So regardless of if you feel like your pelvic chakra is blocked or your root chakra is blocked, you could use hip openers exercises if you sit for more than, you know, two hours at a time. And I don't really know anybody anymore who doesn't sit a majority of their day because of the way Oh, well, that's not true. I'm sure there's medical professionals in the hospitals that are not sitting, but I, I mean, from a, from a physical therapy standpoint, nine out of 10 people that I work with have tight hips and could all benefit from some hip opening exercises, whether it's chakra related or not. And so I like that these, these exercises, they can address that mind body connection that we've been talking about quite a bit, but they also do address some of that physical anatomy issues that some of us end up dealing with based on our jobs or our life situation. So I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Well, and, uh, from a financial perspective also, these are great because you don't need any special equipment. You can listen to this podcast for free and get these tips to try at home and, and do these things. And it doesn't matter how much room you have. It doesn't matter if you have a gym membership, you can just do it and try it. And, um, you know, some of the things are going to help lower your stress level or, or lower symptoms of pain or whatever, which in the long run is hugely important because it all affects your overall health. And ultimately your financial health, Allison, because you're not spending your, your co-pays to go to the doctor or, or over time ending up in some sort of an emergency situation and shelling out thousands of dollars because the problem has, the physical problem has gotten to the point where it's, it's unmanageable without, without medical care. So a little, a little attention to the breath and, and presence can bring a lot of peace of mind in long-term. Right. And I, I mean, I can vouch for that with my own personal situation. I let my stress go unchecked and ended up with all these conditions in my spine and my back. And, and I spent, I don't know, $3,500 on physical therapy and another thousand for an MRI. 
and another thousand for specialist appointments to get it diagnosed that weren't needed, but um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there, but still I spent thousands of dollars and now I have these conditions that are manageable, but they're not gonna go away. And had I done the work up front to try to manage them, I may not have developed that like I did. Right, and I'll just add that I'm not here, and I think I said it a little bit earlier, I'm not here to offer a quick fix or a, you know, yoga is not going to be a, a fix for everybody physically or, or emotionally or mentally. My goal is simply to offer some suggestions of things to try. Again, you know, making sure that you're working with a medical professional um, if need be. Prevention goes a long way. So even if you are having issues medically or emotionally, doing the work now won't necessarily completely offset what you've gone through However, it can potentially improve your quality of life moving forward. So it, there's a lot to be said of that mind-body connection. And your breath is free. So, and it's always with you. And all you have to do is pay attention to it once in a while. And it, it can make a huge difference in just giving you that, if nothing else, a few moments, a few seconds to reflect on a situation and have that opportunity to respond rather than react. And just, uh, it didn't really even hit me. I recently started doing my, uh, my home exercises for my back physical therapy again. And two of the four exercises that they have me do every day are yoga poses. So I do a downward dog and the child's pose to get my back all stretched out. So they gave me a combination of yoga and light strength training. And they recommended that I go to yoga classes to keep my back loose and limber and, and strong to help it. Yeah, absolutely. And Allison, did they have you, um, did they offer any modifications to you and, or did they give you the full traditional hands on the hands and feet on the floor version? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I will just offer out to, to people who, who may have challenge physical challenges with their back or getting up and down off the floor. You can use a chair, the same kind of situation you can do a down dog with the chair. So what you would do is you would use, you would put your um, hands or your forearms on a chair or even on your desk. And you can just get that same benefit of down dog um, in the hamstrings, the hips and the back where, where you don't even have to have your hands on the floor. I also just learned a cool uh, modification where you can put your forearms on a, on a set of blocks so that get, gives you some, or a couple of big, big, thick books, um, just get you off the floor that little more. And that may be enough to, um, to give you a little more uh, length to, to get into the, the back and the back and the hamstrings. Well, you're in good company with not offering quick fixes. Cause I think all, everything that we talk about on here whether it's fitness, whether it's money related, whatever, 
we're just trying to give tools and options and the same options and tools that work for me aren't going to be the same ones that work for you and aren't going to be the same ones that work for Allison, but they're there. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about kinesio taping and when it's beneficial and when it's not. And I, I mentioned on there that I have therapist friends that will never use it because they don't like it. And I'm like, that's fine. It's just a tool and I use it. I utilize it as a tool and it works really well for some of my clients and it doesn't work well for others. And so having these tools as me as a provider, but also as a mom who has a body that needs to be taken care of and deals with stress, I just having the, the, the option for more tools to help deal with different situations. And sometimes laying down and taking a deep breath isn't what's gonna work for me that day. Sometimes it's going out for a run or baking. I think we mentioned that a couple weeks ago that I like to bake when I'm stressed, but having different ways to manage stress and knowing that, you know what, I do have these options and I can make a choice that's gonna work for me. And if one thing doesn't work, I can look somewhere else. And it isn't a quick fix. It's, it's a process that's kind of an ongoing process and some days it works better than others. Absolutely, Kelsey. And I had that exact experience this past week. Uh, I was very, very stressed as well and breathing. I couldn't get to sleep and the breathing wasn't working. And I kept trying to tell myself, you don't, this is not something you need to worry about right now. And I just had to let my, my mind and my body process through that. And the beautiful thing though, was a day or two later, I was able to more objectively look at my work situation and completely reframe the entire thing. So even though the tools didn't work on that particular day, they actually did work. It just wasn't meant to be right at that, um, right at that um, moment. Um, all right, so this, I just have a little recap here. I wanted to make sure that I've got this written down correctly. So the signs of the sacral chakra being blocked would be feeling blocked in creativity of any sort and just feeling off and, um, and kind of closed off. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And to help with that, you could do some targeted meditation, um, which is what you had mentioned with picturing a light in your pelvis growing brighter and then exhaling and kind of distributing it out through the end of your fingertips. Yep. Out, yeah, the crown of the head, the fingertips, the toes. Yeah, visual. it's also known as a visualization. Okay. Um, and then some hip openers to help with that too. And if somebody like me who isn't a physical therapist is thinking, hmm, hip opener, what kind of things would I be able to just Google that and see some examples of those type of exercises? Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can Google hip opening yoga exercises. My, um, you may want to add modified to the end of that um, or beginner so that you're not um, getting into some significant crazy type of stuff. Um, although there's, there, there are hip openers that can hurt you, but most of the primary poses that would come up should be pretty accessible 
Um, and then if not, um, you can just ask for alternatives in this in the search. Okay, well, I'm gonna add some hip openers to my warm up. I'm actually gonna do a warm up this week. I'm not very good at doing warm ups, so but I tell people to do them. But I'm gonna do it this week. I'm gonna do warm ups. I'm gonna add some hip openers because there's the stress has been high again. And I'm gonna see how it goes. And I'm excited to try it out. Wonderful. So thank you for joining us. And next time we will talk about the navel the navel chakra. Navel chakra. Cool. Well, I have my page of notes as always. Thank you for joining us, Don. Yes, thank you very much. You're welcome. My pleasure. And actually, it's not the navel chakra because, well, it's sometimes known as the navel chakra, but it's actually the solar plexus chakra. So it's just above, kind of encompasses the belly area. So we'll talk more about that next time. I'm excited. All right, we will see you soon. And signing off for today. The Unstressed Mama podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Sroby. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Unstressed Mama and on Instagram at Unstressed Mama. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun. You can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode. If you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics, the best place to reach us is through our Facebook group, Instagram page, or email at unstressedmama at gmail.com.